Western Jew Foundation. The Christian Jew Hour is a worldwide ministry presenting Christ as the only Savior for the Jew and the only Savior for the Gentile. And now, here is the founder and director of the Christian Jew Hour, your friend and mine, Dr. Charles Halp. We greet you again today in the highest name under heaven, the name which is above every name, the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, which in the Hebrew means Jesus the Christ. Today we're beginning a series of nine messages on the general theme, the blood of Christ, or how God handles the sin question. That's the subject that I'm going to be speaking on for the next several broadcasts, the blood of Christ, or how God handles the sin question. The problem of sin is just as old as the human race. In fact, it started with our first parents in the Garden of Eden, and the problem of sin has been a problem that has affected every person who's ever been born into this world. Sin is the cause of every war, the cause of every heartache, the cause of every pain, and the cause of every sorrow. Sin separates husbands and wives. Sin fills our hospitals, our sanitariums, our asylums. It's sin that breaks down bodies. It's sin that fills our cemeteries. And it's important that we know where sin originates. Now, the Bible doesn't leave us in any doubt as to why we sin. You know, it's easy to commit sin. It's easy to do the wrong thing, and sometimes it's pretty hard to do the right thing. Do you know why? Well, if you were to ask a dozen people, what do you think sin is, you would probably get a dozen different answers. Some would say, well, sin is lying, or sin is stealing, sin is murder, sin is cheating, sin is drunkenness, sin is adultery, sin is doing the wrong thing. But wait a minute, beloved, those are only the fruits. Those are only the evidences of sin. According to God's Word, sin originates deep down in the heart of man. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew, the 15th chapter, verse 19, out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, and so forth. Beloved, according to God's word, sin is an attitude of the heart. Did you know that there are five definitions of sin as given in the Bible? Let me show you. In Proverbs, the 24th chapter, verse 9, in Proverbs, the 24th chapter, verse 9, we have the first definition of sin. It says, the thought of foolishness is sin. Any time that you think a foolish thought, you are guilty of sin. You see how easy it is to commit sin? The second definition of sin is found in the Bible is in Romans, the 14th chapter, verse 23, and it says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Any time that you doubt God, you are guilty of sin. The third definition of sin is found in 1 John, the third chapter, verse 4, and it says that sin is the transgression of the law. And in the original Greek, it says sin is lawlessness, which simply means that sin is rebellion against a holy and a righteous God, wanting to have your way instead of God's way. The fourth definition of sin is found in 1 John, the fifth chapter, verse 17. And it says, all unrighteousness 
is sin. And then the fifth definition of sin is recorded in James, the fourth chapter, verse 17, and it says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now you'll notice in all of these definitions of sin as recorded in God's word, that sin is really missing the mark. Man was created to glorify God, but he sinned. He missed the mark. That's why the Bible says in Romans, the third chapter, verse 23, all have sinned, all have missed the mark and come short of the glory of God. Now, beloved, anything that isn't done for the glory of God is sin. And how many people today are living for the glory of God? Well, well, very, very few. And so you see why the human race is in the condition that it's in today. Do you know that every problem confronting the nations of the world could be solved if people would only live for the glory of God? But most people are living to please self. Now, you don't need anybody to tell you that you're a sinner. Your own heart tells you so. You know, the Bible says in Jeremiah, the 17th chapter, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. That's why people act the way they do. That's why I don't become surprised when I see people doing certain things because the Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. The Bible says in Romans, the third chapter, verse uh, 10, there's none that doeth good, no, not one. The Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. Now, according to the standard of Jehovah God, we're all supposed to be in hell. But God, in his grace, has provided a way to keep us out of hell, and that's through the blood of Christ. Now, beloved, this is how God handles the sin question. Jehovah God knows no other way except the blood way. It has been God's way of salvation since the Garden of Eden. And in these messages, we're going to notice the importance of the blood. The most important thing in the universe is the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the nearest thing to the heart of God. It's the only thing that can cleanse from sin. It's the only thing that can give you a right standing in the sight of God. Let's notice the importance of the blood of Christ. In 1 Peter, the first chapter, verse 19, it says, We're not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold from our vain conversation but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now, the atoning blood of Christ, beloved, is precious because it's the blood of Jesus Christ himself. Now, in 1 John, the first chapter, verse 7, it says, The blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Do you see now why the blood of Christ is so precious? Because it's the only thing that can remove sin. Now, the Jews had the blood of animal sacrifices, and every year the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies to make an atonement for the sins of the people, and the sins of the Jews were rolled away from one year on to the next year. They had a covering for their sins. That's what the word atonement means. It means to cover. Their sins were covered, beloved, but our sins are cleansed, blotted out, washed away, never to be charged against us 
again. The Bible says that the blood, the blood of God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, my blood and your blood cannot cleanse from sin because we have sinful blood. But Christ's blood was pure and perfect without blemish or stain. It's divine blood, the blood of God in human form. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians, the first chapter, verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. In 1922, when the World's Fair was going on in the city of Chicago, they invited a representative from every major religion in the world. Men came from all over the whole wide world. There were Buddhists, there were representatives of Confucianism, there were the Mohammedan representatives, Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, and Gentile, and every major religion in the world. They were all represented. And it's said that someone brought up the question as to how to remove sin. One person brought up a question and asked for an answer. He referred to Shakespeare's play, Lady Macbeth. And he referred to the particular time when Lady Macbeth, who had committed murder and whose hands were stained red with the blood of the one she had killed, uh, lifted up her bleeding hands and she cried. Oh, who can cleanse this blood away? She had just committed a murder. She had killed her lover in the play. And she said, who can cleanse uh, this blood away? Well, in this conference with all these religious leaders present, uh, one after another was asked the question, can your religion take that blood from the hands of Lady Macbeth? Can your religion make her clean? She who had murdered and stands with guilty conscience and guilty heart before God. And men rose and said, well, my religion can, can't remove the stain, but had I known Lady Macbeth and introduced her to our system of religion, we could have kept her from committing the murder in the first place. But the leader of fundamentalism, the representative of Bible Christianity, who was a godly man from Boston, Massachusetts, by the name of Joe Cook, stood to his feet, and there was a gleam in his eye and a confidence in his face. And he said, yes, thank God. He said, I thank God I represent a religion that can take the bloody hands of Lady Macbeth and make them as clean as if they had never been stained with blood. And for some 20 minutes he preached the gospel of blood redemption through the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, thank God. The Bible doesn't just set forth a form of religion that will keep men good. The Bible sets forth, beloved, a wonderful plan of blood atonement that will take a man who has never been good and who's stained with sin and guilty before God and make him as clean as if he had never sinned and justify him in God's sight and make him as white as snow. No other gospel, no other word has that power, the power of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in 1 John, the first chapter, verse 7, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I'm happy that I can offer to you a Christ 
who will forgive you, who will cleanse you, and who will make you all over again. Oh, won't you come to him right now if you're not saved and let him be your Lord and Savior. Now, we'll take up our study tomorrow right where we left off today as we continue this important series of messages on the blood of Christ. Now, beloved, may I remind you again that these programs are kept on the air by the gifts of those who really care. Do you appreciate our daily Bible studies? Would you like to have a part in helping us reach more Jewish people with a message of God's wonderful salvation? If so, please take a little time and write to us and let us know that you're standing with us in this great work for the Lord. We'd appreciate it so much. And if you'll write us today and send a contribution for the support of our ministry, I'll send you our new Jewish home calendar for 1983. This is a beautiful calendar that will be a real blessing to your home. It shows all the important Jewish holidays, it has scripture verses for each month of the year and contains 12 full-color pictures of the Holy Land. When you write, just ask for our Jewish home calendar. That's all you need to say. Send your Jewish home calendar and we'll send it to you just as soon as we receive your letter. Now, there's a heavy expense involved in the printing and mailing out of this calendar, so please try to send the most generous offering that you possibly can. Just address your letter to the Christian Jew Hour. That's the Christian Jew Hour. Post Office Box 345. That's Box 345, San Antonio, Texas, Zip 78292. And director of the Christian Jew Hour, your friend and mine, Dr. Charles Howe. We greet you again today in the highest name under heaven, the name which is above every name, the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, which in the Hebrew means Jesus the Christ. We're speaking on the subject at the present time, the blood of Christ, or how God handles the sin question. That's our subject, the blood of Christ, or how God handles the sin question. Many times people ask me the question, how is it possible for you as a Jew to believe in Jesus Christ? Well, I'd like to point out certain facts about Judaism. You know, there are many people who don't know that Judaism rejects the blood sacrifice as revealed in the Old Testament through Moses. Now, our Jewish people reject the blood sacrifice, and yet at the same time they claim to follow Moses. Now, it was through seeing this inconsistency that I became a believer in Christ because God so plainly stated in Leviticus, the 17th chapter, verse 11, that it's the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. And when I was just a young man of 15 years of age, God revealed to my heart that the Jews have no blood atonement today. I saw that atonement was never made through uh, giving or through charity or through keeping the law or by worshiping God or by praying to God, I saw as I studied the scripture that atonement is only through the shedding of blood. And God revealed to my heart that there's no other way to take away sin. 
And after studying the scriptures, I saw that there was only one sacrifice that God would accept, and that was the sacrifice of his Son, the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And I saw that his blood, the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross, was the nearest thing to the heart of God and the golden thread that runs throughout the Bible. Now, our Jewish people today have no atonement for their sins because of the fact that they have rejected God's one atonement. Now, if you're interested to know what the Jewish people believe in regard to atonement, well, it's very simple, it's very easy to answer. Our Jewish people believe that their sins can be atoned for by good works. Well, the Bible makes it plain, beloved, that our works will never atone for sin because the Scripture says that there's no way that man can be reconciled to God except by blood. The Scripture says in Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. Now, the word atonement has two meanings. By the way, the most important day that the Jews have on their calendar is the Day of Atonement called Yom Kippur. Now, during this time, the Jewish people will fast, and although it's called the Day of Atonement, the Jewish people do not really have an atonement. Some Orthodox Jews will take a chicken, it can be a cock or a hen, and they'll throw it under the table, and they'll say, this is my kippurah, this is my sacrifice, this goes to its death that I may live. And some Jews will take a chicken, and they'll have that as a, as a sacrifice. But the Jews of today really do not have a blood atonement. But in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, verse 27, God clearly instructed the children of Israel that that day, the Day of Atonement, the most important of all the Jewish holidays, that that special day an offering was to be made, a blood sacrifice. But there is no blood sacrifice in modern Judaism today. Now, let me give you the reason that the ancient rabbis gave for not having blood sacrifices. They say that they lost the temple in 70 A.D., and therefore they can't have a blood sacrifice until they have a temple. But, beloved, the Word of God tells us that it's necessary that we have a blood sacrifice in order to come into God's presence. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. Now, are we going to take the word of the rabbis, or are we going to take the word of God? Now, the Jews needed a day of atonement because of sin. It's because of sin that, the, that God gave our Jewish people the day of atonement. And, beloved, it's because of sin that we need a Savior. You know that if the Jews had been sinless, God would have never given them the day of atonement. But because of the sins of the people, he appointed them that day to remind them of their sins and to show them their need of a Savior. And just as the Jews needed the Day of Atonement because of their sins, we need a Savior because of our sins. And praise God, we have a Savior, and that Savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. In John, the 19th chapter, verse 30, our Lord Jesus uttered three words, the three most important of all words that culminated his work of redemption. He said when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. It is finished. Listen to what it says in John the 19th chapter, verse 30, when the Lord Jesus Christ completed salvation by the one offering of himself 
on the cross of Calvary. Listen to what the scripture says. It says, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Now, beloved, when the Lord Jesus said it's finished, he meant that he finished the demands of the law. He meant that he finished the work of redemption. He meant that he finished what he had come into the world to do for God the Father, and that he finished the plan of salvation. Beloved, everything that was necessary for your salvation and mine was done that day that Jesus Christ hung on Calvary's cross. There isn't anything that you and I can do today because Jesus Christ has already done it all. The Bible tells us that so plainly in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verses 11 and 12. Listen to what the scripture says. It says, And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. This is talking about the Jewish priests in the Old Testament. It says that the priests offered over and over and over and over again the same sacrifices that could never take away sin. But listen to this. But this man, our great high priest, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Now, beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ did what no priest in the Old Testament could ever do. You know, the priests in the Old Testament could never sit down because their work was never finished. There was no seat, there was no stool, there was no bench, there was no chair among all the articles of furniture in the tabernacle. Why? Because the priest's work was never done. He was never able to sit down because his work was never completed. But the Word of God tells us that when the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross, he sat down on the right hand of God. Our great high priest did what no priest in the Old Testament was ever able to do. They were never able to sit down because their work was never finished. But the Lord Jesus Christ, when he died at Calvary's cross, he said, it is finished. It is finished. Yes, beloved, he finished the plan of salvation. He finished the work of redemption. That's why we can sing today, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Yes, beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ sat down at the right hand of God the Father because he paid the price in full for our redemption. And today there's nothing for us to do because Jesus Christ has already done it all. Christ doesn't have to be sacrificed again. We have some people who go on Sundays to what they call the Mass, where they create anew the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Some time ago I sat before a television and I saw a Mass that was being observed by a particular church. And I saw them as they observed this Mass the wine was poured, the bread was broken, and the priest spoke in English and offered an explanatory statement saying that this was the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said to myself, why, Jesus Christ doesn't have to be sacrificed again. Christ doesn't have to be crucified anymore. He doesn't have to die again. Beloved, his one sacrifice at Calvary's cross was sufficient to atone for all sins. You see, that's the difference between the Jewish Day of Atonement and Christ's sacrifice at Calvary's cross. 
In the Old Testament, the Jew only had an annual redemption, but we have an eternal redemption. Beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ did what the Old Testament priest was never able to do. He obtained eternal redemption for us. In Hebrews, the ninth chapter, verse 12, we have this enlightening statement. Listen to what it says. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. The Jews had an annual redemption, but praise God, we have an eternal redemption. That's what the scripture says. When the Lord saves us, beloved, he doesn't save us for a few days or a few months or for a few years, but he saves us for time and for eternity. If you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, I beseech you today to look to the cross of Calvary and see Jesus Christ dying there in your place instead that you might have eternal life. Trust him right now, and then you'll experience the greatest joy in this world, the joy of knowing that you're born again. Now, beloved, may I remind you again that these programs are kept on the air by the gifts of those who really care. Do you appreciate our daily Bible studies? Would you like to have a part in helping us reach more Jewish people with a message of God's wonderful salvation? If so, please take a little time and write to us and let us know that you're standing with us in this great work for the Lord. We'd appreciate it so much. And if you'll write us today and send a contribution for the support of our ministry, I'll send you our new Jewish home calendar for 1983. This is a beautiful calendar that will be a real blessing to your home. It shows all the important Jewish holidays. It has scripture verses for each month of the year and contains 12 full-color pictures of the Holy Land. When you write, just ask for our Jewish home calendar. That's all you need to say. Send your Jewish home calendar, and we'll send it to you just as soon as we receive your letter. Now, there's a heavy expense involved in the printing and mailing out of this calendar, so please try to send the most generous offering that you possibly can. Just address your letter to the Christian Jew Hour. That's the Christian Jew Hour. Post Office Box 345, that's Box 345, San Antonio, Texas, Zip 78292. This is the Christian Jew Hour, sponsored by the Christian Jew Foundation. The Christian Jew Hour is a worldwide ministry presenting Christ as the only Savior for the Jew and the only Savior for the Gentile. And now, here is the founder and director of the Christian Jew Hour, your friend and mine, Dr. Charles Howe. Well, here we are back again at your home with another broadcast of the Christian Jew Hour. We're speaking on the subject at the present time the blood of Christ, or how God handles the sin question. I've been asked many times, why should you, a Jew, believe in Jesus Christ? Well, one of the reasons that I believe in the Lord Jesus is 
that he's the fulfillment of true Judaism. You see, Christianity is Judaism unfolded. Christianity is Judaism completed. Christianity is Judaism fulfilled. Judaism is the bud. Christianity is the flower. Judaism is the root. Christianity is the fruit. And all the types and shadows that we find in the Old Testament, the manna, the rock, the high priest, the lamb, the burnt offering, all of these are just a type of the Lord Jesus Christ who came into the world to die for our sins and to pay the price for our redemption. I'll never forget as a young man hearing our rabbi denounce the Christian religion and he said it's a slaughterhouse religion. Now listen, friends. The only blood that God ever required for an atonement for sin was his own blood. Yes, God became a man. He became one who lived among us, took upon himself a body, and shed his own blood. Listen to what the scripture says in Hebrews, the ninth chapter, verse 12. It says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place. Speaking of the heavenly temple in the heavenly Jerusalem, having obtained eternal redemption for us. How? By his own blood. Now let's deal with the question, why did God institute the blood sacrifices of the Old Testament? If the blood of animals could not atone for sin, and that's what the scripture says here, it says neither by the blood of bulls or the blood of goats, but by his own blood he entered into the Holy of Holies to obtain eternal redemption for us. If the blood of animals could not atone for sin, why then did God require these Old Testament sacrifices? Well, there are several reasons, and let me give them to you. First of all, God wanted to prepare the mind of man concerning the coming of the true Lamb of God, our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verse 11, you'll find the reason why God gave the Jew all of the types and the shadows that we have in the Old Testament. It says in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verse 11, Now all these things happened unto them, that's Israel, for examples. Now the word examples there is the word types. All of these things happened unto them for types, and they're written for our admonition. Now remember that practically all of the Old Testament types point to the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. The manna, the rock, the high priest, the lamb, the burnt offering, all typify God's marvelous plan of redemption in Christ. And so you see, these, these Old Testament sacrifices were instituted as a type of the true Lamb of God who would one day come and take away the sin of the world. Now, the Old Testament Jews never expected to be saved on the basis of their animal sacrifices. There never was a single intelligent Jew in Old Testament times who thought that he could be saved by the blood that was offered on the brazen altar. Rather, every time that a Jew offered an animal sacrifice, it was only a type, a shadow, a picture, a prophecy, and a promise that the Lord Jesus Christ was going to come and that he was going to die on the cross of Calvary to pay the sin debt of the Jew who offered the sacrifice. 
Some time ago I heard a preacher say that God had two ways to save people. That in the Old Testament he saved the Jews by the sacrifices that they offered upon the brazen altar, but today we're saved in a different manner. Now, beloved, that's the most pathetic jumbling of the Word of God that I've ever heard. The preacher who made that statement didn't know any more about the Bible than a hog knows about an almanac. Listen, beloved, the Jew never thought for one moment's time that the blood of an animal could blot out his sins. He never thought that the death of an animal was sufficient to pay for his sins. Instead, he looked beyond the blood of his sacrifice to the blood of the coming Redeemer. Jesus said to the Jews in John the 8th chapter when speaking about Abraham, he said, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. How did Abraham see the day of Christ? Well, he saw it in type and he saw it in prophecy. When Abraham was about to take his only son and offer him on the altar of sacrifice, and God provided instead a ram that was caught in the thickets, Abraham looked forward to the day when God would provide a perfect substitute. Now, beloved, don't let anybody tell you that the Jews were saved on the basis of animal sacrifices. The Bible says in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse 4, that it's not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. If one individual in Old Testament times could have been saved by animal sacrifice, then Jesus Christ would have never had to die for our sins. Beloved, all of the sacrifices of the Old Testament simply typified the death of Christ. That's all they did. Now let's look at the first blood sacrifice that we have in the Bible. It's found in Genesis, the third chapter, verse 21. The first time a sacrifice was slain is in this scripture where we're told that unto Adam also and to his wife Eve did the Lord God make coats of skins. Let's notice it again. Listen to what it says. Unto Adam also and to his wife Eve did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. You see, Adam and Eve had just sinned. Now, God instituted the blood sacrifice here after sin had entered the human race. Sin came into the human race through Adam's disobedience with all its tragic results. Man, for the first time, became afraid of God. Do you know what makes man afraid of God? Well, it's sin. When Adam sinned against Jehovah God, he became afraid. He hid from God. He became aware of his nakedness. He became aware of his guilt before a holy and a righteous God. And if there's anything that makes man afraid of God, it's sin. Modern psychology attempts to rid man of fear and of guilt and of shame. But listen, beloved, if you're not under the blood of Christ, you should be afraid. You should be ashamed and you should feel guilty. This is normal. You see, Adam and Eve tried to cover their nakedness with fig leaves. And there are millions of religious people who are trying to do the same thing. By their own invented religions, they try to cover their shame and their fear and their guilt with fig leaves. Do you know what God demanded? He demanded a blood sacrifice for an atonement, and God used animal skins to cover man's shame and guilt. Now, in order to get animal skins, 
God had to shed blood, the blood of these animals. So you see, beloved, it was God who established the type of the blood sacrifice. He was the one who taught Adam and Eve the necessity of blood redemption. And from Genesis to Revelation, we have one continuous story of redemption through the blood, all pointing forward to the sacrificial atoning death of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, which is the nearest thing to the heart of God. In fact, that's the message of the Bible, beloved. The message of the Bible is that a holy and a righteous God sent his only son into the world to bring us back to God. In the garden, God slew animals to provide uh, coats of skins for Adam and Eve, a type of God giving his only son at the cross of Calvary that we might be clothed in the righteousness of God. The lamb that Abel offered and by which he was accepted through faith prefigured Christ, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Abraham offering Isaac on Mount Moriah is a picture of God offering his only son on Calvary. The story of blood redemption again. At the Passover, God said to the Jews, When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Another picture of blood redemption in Christ. God told the Jews on the Day of Atonement, It is the blood, it's the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. And every lamb slain on Jewish altars was a type of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Every time we observe the Lord's Supper, it symbolizes our redemption through the blood. And every spiritual blessing that we have today comes to us through the blood, the blood shed on Calvary's cross. If the blood had not been shed, there would be no remission. There would be no way of redemption. There would be no way of access to God. But because the blood has been shed, we can sing today, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Beloved, if you're not under the blood, may I urge you right now to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him as your Savior. Just bow your head wherever you are and say, Lord Jesus, be merciful to me, a sinner. Ask him to save you. And God, by his marvelous grace, will cleanse you from every sin. He'll justify you. And then you will have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we'll take up our study tomorrow right where we left off today as we continue this important series of messages on the blood of Christ, or how God handles the sin question. Now, beloved, may I remind you again that these programs are kept on the air by the gifts of those who really care. Do you appreciate our daily Bible studies? Would you like to have a part in helping us reach more Jewish people with a message of God's wonderful salvation? If so, please take a little time and write to us and let us know that you're standing with us in this great work for the Lord. We'd appreciate it so much. And if you'll write us today and send a contribution for the support of our ministry, I'll send you our new Jewish home calendar for 1983. This is a beautiful calendar that will be a real blessing to your home. It shows all the important Jewish holidays, 
It has scripture verses for each month of the year and contains 12 full-color pictures of the Holy Land. When you write, just ask for our Jewish home calendar. That's all you need to say. Send your Jewish home calendar, and we'll send it to you just as soon as we receive your letter. Now, there's a heavy expense involved in the printing and mailing out of this calendar, so please try to send the most generous offering that you possibly can. Just address your letter to the Christian Jew Hour. That's the Christian Jew Hour. Post Office Box 345. That's Box 345, San Antonio, Texas, Zip 78292. Until our next broadcast, goodbye, and may the Lord be precious to your heart. Yes, be sure and sit down and write to the Christian Jew Hour today. Sit down and write them and let them know that you appreciate this ministry, this teaching of God's Word, the teaching of God's Word. Write to the Christian Jew Hour today. You're listening to KS.